OTB AM. It will be insane not to put Roy Keane on the Manchester United list. Jordan Henderson has been as important for Liverpool as Roy Keane has been for Manchester United. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Daniel Harris, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. I'm sorry for delaying you there with chat about stag do's on uh, cruising stag Best do's. stag do you've been at, Daniel? Oh my gosh. My best stag? I've been on some good ones. Um, I've had two myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love them so much. I had to get divorced. When is the third? So, so that I could have a second stag. Um, I cried on my second stag twice. Wow. With Just with overstimulation, I think. Um what happened, it was in Blackpool, which is a phenomenally unusual place. And um, they had this ride. It was one of those where it kind of takes you very high on this thing and it drops you down or up. I think it drops you down. That's, so you have that sensation of uh, swallowing parts of your body. And it had been a rather hectic evening before, shall we say. And I didn't want to do this ride, but obviously I knew it had to be done. So we did it. And then I remember t- saying to the mate that I happened to be sitting next to, uh, am I crying? And he said, yeah, you are. I said, oh, that's interesting. And then later on that day, um, there was this, I had a, a shot of something, like there was a tray of shots. There was one shot that looked unusual. I don't know why, but I decided to drink that one. And it was a shot of insanity sauce, it's called which is just the hottest product known to mankind. Now, I eat a lot of hot food. I guess it's that part of it is the fact that my wife is British Ghanaian. They eat a lot of hot food. Part of it is my particular preoccupation with trying to turn everything into some kind of buzz, even eating. So (laughs) I am used to hot food, so it wasn't that it was hot. But drinking a shot of this insanity sauce was a whole body experience. I don't really know what to say. It's Dan, the key hard. is in the name there, you know? Yeah, yeah I guess it is. But just a little bit of it will blow your head off and I drunk an entire shot of it. And that also had me crying, not with distress, just overstimulation again, I think, where something about it was just this cold, enveloping, full body full brain experience and uh, again I found myself saying oh I'm crying again so yeah that is that was one of my stags we we've had a lot of booze references for uh, a Friday at like 8 in the morning but there we too go. many some would say uh, including our producer <laughs> <laughs> uh, right we'll segue into other roller coaster rides Daniel how about that is that a, oh, is that a fair enough oh, I'm, having, I'm, having that. I'm having that <laughs> so um, from United fans point of view obviously been burned so much over the last uh, 10 years I suppose you're sort of guarding against false dawns but another big performance at a big team last night and you really feel as if this team I mean I don't know if they've landed but they're certainly maturing at a rate of knots yeah, they're getting there, aren't they? Um, I think that what was really enjoyable about this performance, it wasn't that they're that good, because they're not that good yet, and Barcelona aren't that good yet. But I would say that this is the first time since 1998, November 1998, where United have gone away to Barcelona or Madrid and properly taken it to them. In 2008, United were the best team in the world. And they played Barca in the semi-final of the Champions League and they went to Nou Camp in the first leg and they sat back. And they didn't have to do that. 
Barcelona weren't that good then. They were good, but they weren't that good. United were good enough to go to Barcelona, engage them in a proper game of football like this one, and beat them. But they didn't. They missed a penalty very early on, and they spent the rest of the game sitting back. Wayne Rooney Wayne Rooney was uh, basically played as an auxiliary right-back and talking of, talking of talking about drinking early on a Friday morning. I would say that's probably the most drunk I've ever been at a football match. Um, and, uh, I, yeah. I, is Wayne I, I, Rooney not, really right back? I would, I would, it's true, though. I promise you, that is true. Um, even, and I was about to say, even then, I knew that the way United were playing wasn't right that night. <laughs> but Fergie, Fergie, after they got done by, um, by Real Madrid on the counter in 2000, he became much more circumspect in Europe. And I think it sort of naturally happens when managers get older because it happened to Wenger as well. They just, they're starting to think about legacy and that persuades them to be a little bit more conservative sometimes. It definitely happened to Fergie that he was desperate to win another Champions League. So he had a brilliant defence at that point. So he started to be a little bit more conservative. Although to his credit, he wasn't in the final. They properly went for it in the final. And I guess we're, we're lucky not to lose the final in the end. But they should have finished the final in the first half of that game because they, they played really well. But anyway, it didn't work out like that. But they went to Barcelona this time and they took it to them. And I think results are always important. It's a, We're often told this, a results business. But I think at this point in this team's development, I, was, I said that on here last week, I thought I was quite pleased United drew, drew Barcelona because I thought having to go away to the new Camp and play a knockout tie against them was a really good staging post in the development in this team. And so I think that although results are always the key thing, going there, playing like this and drawing is worth more in the long term than going there, sitting back and scrounging a win like they did that time under Ole in Paris. And the thing that we now know about Tenach is that it doesn't matter who the opposition are, in every single game that United play under him, they will try and take it to the opposition. They'll try and put it on them and they'll try and win. And it hasn't been like that since the turn of the century. We were on a, like a team out last night, a team night out last night, Daniel, and we were... Uh, uh-huh. so that's chat. why we're talking about G- this. Exactly. The game was on sort of, not quite in the background. Actually, it's nothing to do with that, Why but, was but, I NFI? Huh? I was NFI. I, 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 so what was it? I was NFI. It's what? an abbreviation of words that I can't ah, use. Ah, sorry, okay. Somebody has just given <laughs> translation for not, here, Daniel. The, first, the N it. stands for not and the I stands for invited. This, this is another uh, another <laughs> Brexit issue here. We need we need a translator. <laughs> NFI, not. Couldn't get the we'll, paper. We'll have, you, invited. We'll, we'll have you over the next one, right. So, come here. We were sitting there and we were chatting away and there was a conversation happened just to my left and I wasn't fully tuned into it, but I did at some point hear one of uh, our colleagues saying, um, you know, but... and." Because you know United are you're still in contention for the title, and I could I turn around. And my my instinct was, what the, are you talking about? No chance. Um, but I mean, you sprinkle in a bit of Martinez and a bit of Eriksson into that team last night. They are. I mean, I don't know if they're title contenders still. Maybe to do with the quality of those above them, but um, they are getting there. If you sprinkle in some of the players that are out at the minute, they're 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 they're, good, they're not far off the teams that are above them, and. This isn't. This is going to sound like if my aunt, if my if if my auntie had etc., mm. he'd be my uncle. But if they'd have won the first two games, they'd be banging the title race. Their form since those first two games is up there with the teams that are in the title race. And it just it took two games to have a look. And since that point, United they beat Liverpool in the third game. And since that game, they have been they've been they've been improving, 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 and the level they're at now is not that far off the teams that are above them. 
Um, it may be that they're not as good as City yet. We'll see, I guess, what happens over the next three months. Um, and City's performance against United, even though United weren't that good yet and didn't have Casemiro, but City's performance against United in the 6-3 is by far the best performance has been in the Premier League this season, I would say. And I don't know if United are quite capable of playing that well yet. But you can see very much they're getting there. The defence is good, although they conceded two goals last night. Um, one was from a corner. Doesn't mean that it doesn't count. But their defence and the second goal was one that you look at it and you think, was there actually a way of stopping that? And there probably wasn't. So they defended They defended some good players pretty well last night. And as you saw, they made a lot of chances. And so you talk about putting Martinez and Eriksen in there. I think that actually what the ideal thing that happens this summer is they sign a midfielder who has some similar qualities to Ericsson, but is faster and stronger, and they sign a striker, then you're talking about what should be a very serious football team. And the speed with which Ten Hag has made this happen makes it makes him look very good indeed. I mean, he's got he's got the team believing in him, and he's got results that on the pitch that show very quickly that if you listen to him things will work well. And there's clearly a great atmosphere about the club, a great atmosphere about the team, good competition for places, and t- players are still improving. What, what, what the, the, the Rashford goal, I thought, was, was fascinating because, A, uh, you know, there are a lot of aspects to this, and you could blame the keeper, but for me, I think nine times out of ten, the keeper's expecting um, Rashford to go the other side. Fred got, I'm just looking at, uh, what are we here at the Daily Telegraph? Fred got nine. Um, where is Fred at the moment? <laughs> where is Fred at the moment as, you, as a Man United player? Not nine. Um, I mean, it was strange from Fred, actually, because um, I tweeted that in, during the first half that he was having a Leeds home, not Leeds away, because he was he was good last week at Leeds away, and he was absolutely shocking Leeds at home. But then he gave away the goal quite near the beginning of the first half. Not, I mean, it wasn't just his, wasn't the only error, but it was an egregious error he made, standing there flapping his arms while Araujo scored. But he was excellent after that. And the thing about Fred, someone said on Twitter that made me laugh, is he's a disruptor. You know that he'll disrupt the midfield, but you're not sure if it will be your midfield <laughs> or, the, or the other te- or the other team's midfield. And I think I think and I, and I responded and I said the thing about Fred is that um, if he is playing his best and the worst player in the team, then you can have a player like him and mm. still be really good. The problem is when he's not the worst player in the team and he's not playing at his best level, then he is. Mm. He can be a very significant problem for your team. But he has some good attributes. He's just the most careless footballer I've ever seen in possession. And he's capable of doing some very good stuff. You've Look at his pass that. for the goal. Look at his pass for the goal. Yeah, yeah, like- yeah, 100%. He can do some really good stuff. And he's got some. He's got Brazilian flair and Brazilian touch sometimes. <laughs> and other times, <laughs> other times he has my flair. And he and he's able to get wrong some very straightforward things. But his, his pass to the, the Rashford's goal was excellent. And you asked about the finish. I think you do have to blame the keeper because... The only place that Rashford could score was where he did score, and it was a brilliant finish. The way that he was able to thread the ball through that space, but also the way that he jammed his foot behind the ball to kind of make it fizz. But if the goalkeeper is another half a foot over, because he thinks Mm. he's covering that space Mm. and he isn't, Mm. and it's not that he showed Rashford that space thinking he couldn't hit it, he thought that he was making sure that space was unavailable. And if he's half a foot over, that space isn't available and it hits his foot and, and he saves it. But 
it was still it was still a brilliant finish. I, I, think the, and, the, the, I mean, it's at that point with Marcus Rashford where it's almost like at the beginning of his career yeah. where the things, not that he's as good, that like he's much better now, just the way things started to happen for him, scoring twice in your, on your debut, scoring twice on your second game in your league debut, scoring on your England debut, and you're kind of scoring an amazing winner in your first derby. And you're kind of standing there at the game thinking, is this guy for real? Like, yeah, how he's... is all this stuff happening to this guy like this? Because life isn't like this. I, I think, and he's sort yeah. of that player again now where he's just scoring in every single game. Great goals, strikers' goals, tap-ins, headers, runs, drives. And you're just kind of thinking, mm. is, is this guy for real? Or how? And the question, like, the run won't go on like this. It can't go on like this forever. But the challenge now is this is your top level. You need to make it your base level. You need to be playing like this all the time. And then if he does, he'll be one of the, one of the best players around and go on to have an unbelievable career. He needs to make sure this isn't a streak. And the way that the team's developing around him, because that's something massive that's changed. I forget about everything Rashford's done. He's playing with better players than he's ever played with, who are playing better than they've ever played with in all the time he's been at United. And that gives him a really good base to go on to be the player that... I think that a lot of us always knew he should be because will, will that career all the raw be, materials were there. Will that career be at Man United? Uh, I mean, it looks that way. He's had opportunities to leave before when things were going badly and he didn't. And I think that there was times when you felt quite guilty as a United supporter watching Rashford because you knew that... the I, don't, the, I always compared him in my mind to Raheem Sterling because there were just two boys who I guess I really like, really loved as blokes who were playing in the same city, playing in similar positions. And I always felt that Rashford had the better, better natural talent, but Raheem Sterling was smashing his career because he was playing under a better manager and playing in a better team. And now Rashford's playing in a good team under what appears to be a brilliant manager. And we're seeing that all that talent that he has is just, is just right there for him. My, my, and my, my one concern, Dan, for Rashford would be, we, we've seen that he's prone to, um, well, I guess what you would call a dramatic lack of confidence last season. And the, the, the schedule of games is so tough. And you're saying he has to produce this all the time. The schedule of games is so tough. If he does go through a blip in form, which is entirely logical given how many games they're playing, that'll be my small concern because this guy is like, he's totally unrecognisable from last year. It's unbelievable, the transformation. He was amazing last night. Yeah, but I guess he's not. It's not that different from the player we saw before last season. Yeah. So last season feels like a very specific circumstance, and that United were in an absolutely awful state that it seems unlikely they can get into again under Tenach. And I think the thing with Rashford personally is there appears to have been stuff going on that we don't know about. He mm. hasn't talked about it in any detail, and it's none of our business. So I'm not. And I'm not going to speculate as mm. to what might have been going on. But it feels like what did go on with him had stuff to do with stuff that had nothing to do with football. And it's fair to say that perhaps that could happen to him again. But in a football sense, footballistically, as Arsene Wenger would say, it feels like the circumstances around what happened to him previously are unlikely to recur. And when I say he has to play like this all the time, I don't mean he has to score in every game. And But what I mean is that his bottom level needs to come up and his modal level needs to come up. Those are the two things that define the greatest players. Not what your best level is, because every player has a best level that they hit sometimes and they look unplayable. It's how well you, how well you play all the time. What is the level you hit most often? 
and what is your level, what is your bottom level? And the best players I've ever seen are the players who had the highest bottom level. Roy Keane, Brian Robson were eight, seven or eight out of ten in pretty much every game. You never even really saw them hit a six, and that's why they're the best players. It's not because they occasionally hit a ten. It's mm-hmm. it, it's that, and Rashford needs to raise that bottom level. So what I'm, what I mean is that he, he's not he won't always play like he played last night. But because he has such rich raw materials that he's got, and and, made, and so he, if he stays fit, he's got. There are very the only player I've seen able to keep up with Rashford when he's running with the ball is Reese James, who is another amazing player. But incidentally, mm-hmm. um, so he's he's got that pace. So if he's got the confidence, and the confidence will go up, just the natural confidence, because he knows now how good he can be, and he knows now that he can score goals on a regular like this. So. The, the confidence that he'll now have be, to elevate and sustain and perpetuate this kind of form is significant. And the thing with Rashford now is that you say there are a lot of games and there are, and it is a concern for United that they could play extra time on Thursday and then, have, then they'll have to play a final on Sunday. That could also go to extra time. It's only really Rashford and Bruno Fernandes that have played loads. I mean, Casemiro's had four games off the suspension, um, the defenders have all had time off. So it's only really those two. And the thing with Rashford at the moment is playing so well, you want to keep playing him. Tanakh will have to manage will have to manage his, his game time at some point, probably. Not so that he doesn't get injured, probably, but just so that when the games when the bigger games come at the end of the season, if United are still involved in any of them, because I guess the League Cup's over next week, whatever happens, this competition could be over next week as well. That that he's still able to keep hitting these this this level at the end of the season. He's not exhausted. I think that there are other goals in the team, although he's sort of taken responsibility for scoring them. There are quite a few other players in the team that can score. And you would think that next season there will be another forward coming in. I think the question now for Ten Hag is, is he going to go and try and find the best centre forward that he can, whatever money it costs? Or is he going to decide that actually Rashford can be that centre forward and that money might get spent somewhere else because... United have got Jaden Sancho and uh, Garnacho, and uh, Alejandro Garnacho who can play on the left wing. They've got Anthony who can play on the right wing, and they've also got Pelistri who looks a player and Diallo who's had a brilliant loan at Sunderland. One of those two can understudy Anthony, and then actually maybe you use Rashford through the middle, and the striker that you then need becomes doesn't have to go and become a hundred like Victor or Seaman for 140 million quid, and you can spend that money on other areas of the team. But that's the question now from you with Rashford. Um, what's going to be his position. And I'm amazed that I'm even talking about the fact that he could be a centre-forward, but the, it does look now like maybe he could be a full-time centre-forward. Yeah, at Arsenal, possibly. Um, <laughs> we we will see how contract talks. Uh, he has been linked with Arsenal. I think he'll be all right. I think he'll be OK. Yeah. Um, talk to us a little bit about Casemiro, and we've got about a minute here, but um, Paul Scholes on BT last night uh, said that he was the best player he's seen in that position since Roy Keane, which I had to pause, rewind, play it again. Quite uh, <laughs> Quite a dollop of praise. Yeah, I mean, I bet he'd be good on a stag. But um, <laughs> there's, what I love about Casemiro, aside, is he's brought proper personality and security to this team because the players know that he knows what he's doing. And it's the same with when, you, when you've then got Varane behind him. Those two in particular, it's, they, bring real, they bring authority and personality to the team because the other players know that they know what is required to win and to be good. So when they look around and they see those two there, it gives them a sense of well-being. And... As a midfield player, he, he's got everything. I mean, I, we, I, it's a weird thing because we've all been watching Casemiro for so long, watching him be brilliant. 
but I still feel like I'm learning about how brilliant he is. And it's not that I thought he was just a bloke who sits and kicks people when necessary. Fernandinho, basically. And I don't say that as any kind of disrespect. Fernandinho is a brilliant player. Someone who knows exactly when to foul, is really good at fouling, who who just makes sure that the team has a structure and can go about its attacking business. It's I knew he could attack a bit as well, but it's it's the drive, I think, that he's the drive he, he he drives the team he drives the team forward. And he is the single player, although I think still Bruno Sanch- Bruno Fernandes is the soul of the team, the single player that they could ill afford to lose, that they could least afford to lose is Casemiro because they don't have any kind of replacement for him. We've seen the difference when he's not there. And there are other players beside Bruno Fernandes who can make goals happen, but there's no one probably in the world who can do what Casemiro does. And I don't think he's as good a passer as Roy Keane was, and he's not now as quick as Roy Keane was either. But... He, he gives the team that level of personality and security where the other players look around, they see him there, they watch what he does and they know that everything's going to be all right. Yeah, that's a good note to leave it on. Daniel, thanks a million. It's been emotional. Yes, thanks a million. Have, has, have a good weekend, everyone. <laughs> you too. Cheers. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 